Welcome to the Six Figure Roadmap, brought to you by LVRG.it. Leverage it, saving you money on the tools, software, and courses you use to grow your business every single day. Now, here's your host, Cam Martinez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another week of the Six Figure Roadmap. I have another amazing interview for you today with Landon Porter, who is the quote unquote head gorilla at Gorilla Marketing, and he helps business owners like yourself attract clients by packing up everything you've been told about sales and throwing it out the window. There's no sales script, no selling your soul for a check, and a whole lot of you being rewarded for being your weird ass self. Landon is one of the most authentic authentic dudes I've ever met. He's true to his word. He does what he says. And he has a lot of experience helping people get out of their own head and get into their authentic sales positioning to attract their ideal clients and attract people that they want to hang out with on a daily basis. So instead of chasing a yes from your prospects, you're getting to the no as quickly as possible. And instead of conforming to the things that you learn from your old corporate positions, your old jobs, you're actually given permission to find out how you naturally open relationships with clients so you can shine authentically. We get into that. We get into strategic partnerships. We get into how he built his community to over 15,000 people and how he continues to monetize that and grow his business and just create a culture of amazing people and continue to attract people he wants to hang out with. So tune in for that if you want to learn how to attract your ideal client. I know that's such a huge buzzword, but Landon teaches this every single day and you're going to receive a lot of value from this episode. Before we get into my interview with Landon, I want to talk about our partner nonprofit Feed a Billion. Feed a Billion is a nonprofit organization that works with local charities to provide healthy and nutritious meals to people in need around the globe. It was founded by Dr. AJ, who at the time came to understand the correlation between food and self-worth and how the impact of hunger on humanity, especially children, is devastating on more than just a physical level. And so he's taken it upon himself to partner with people, including us, to deliver food to those in need around the world. So to give you an insight and a peek into how we do things and what we love about how we operate as a company and what we would encourage you to do is put meaning and impact before income. For us, every time someone purchases a membership from us, we donate 20% to Feed a Billion, which, which in reality, about every dollar provides about 20 meals around the world. So multiply that by $20, you get 400 meals. So every time someone purchases our membership, we are providing 400 meals around the world. To date, since March 2018, we have we've provided over 200,000 meals around the world. So if you're looking for a nonprofit to contribute to, if you're looking, uh, even if you're just looking to put meaning in front of whatever you're offering to the world, Feed a Billion is a great choice. They are actually sending food that will make it to these other countries to feed those in need. So please consider donating to Feed a Billion. You can go to feedabillion.org and get involved and donate today. 
Again, thank you for tuning in today. Let's get into my interview with Landon Porter. Mr. Landon Porter, the sales gorilla. How are you, sir? I am fantastic. How are you today? I'm also doing well. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. I actually don't think I've ever heard you speak on a podcast. I know you have your podcast, which is a very interesting style. You're being interviewed on your own podcast. Mm -hmm. Why do you do it that way? Um, Nathan and I have a really good rapport. Um, He does all of the producing of the podcast. Um, He's entrenched in my world and uh, because it's different. (laughs) Sounds like you. Typical, typical land and style. Yep. I love it. I love it. So he's entrenched in your world for me personally, because I've known you for a little while now. I've had the pleasure of meeting you in person, been following the content you've created. You're all about creating relationships. And it seems like you keep a very tight knit circle. Like you said, with people who are entrenched in your world, what are those requirements? Why do you keep such a tight knit circle? How do people qualify to be in that circle? Well, really it's not, they've got to reach a certain bar. It's I'm going to be exactly who and how I am. And you might not like that. And if there are things about me, the way that I do things, the way that I sound, the way that I talk, my opinions that you don't jive with, then that's an indicator that we shouldn't work together, right? Um, that's kind of my whole stance on business and client acquisition because really, do you have a bunch of good friends that you don't like? No. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm you know, kind of the only person that has that take on it, but um, I find that when I work with people that I genuinely adore um, and get along with and have things in common with, I want to help them more. And I've noticed over the last couple of years that when I get people kind of going in that direction and and really only looking to connect with people they would actually get along with, the sales part of it takes care of itself, right? I'm opinionated and not everybody digs that. And it's totally okay if somebody doesn't. And I think it's fantastic that people have their own opinions, but if we don't agree at a value level on things that we're individually opinionated about, we shouldn't be in business together. Yeah, that's that's a pretty common message that you deliver to your community, the sales gorilla community, getting clients without being salesy. You changed the name recently. Yeah, um, beginning of 2019, we added Gorilla Army Nation, right? The community, the culture that we've built is around the group getting clients without being salesy, but because I'm the sales girl, and there's a whole story behind that. I don't know if, if many of your listeners would would know that, but um, the community is Gorilla Army Nation, right? We hang out in the jungle and it's it's kind of, it's themed intentionally to kind of keep out the people that aren't the right fit. Hmm, I want to get into that here in a bit, but first I want to talk to you about your relationships with people, especially because you just said you only want to attract the people that are okay with you being who you are Mm -hmm. and who you choose to be. And a lot of people strive to do the same in their business, but don't often quite reach that benchmark. Mm -hmm. What do you tell people in order to one, attract the people that they want to hang out with, but two, be comfortable being yourself and risk 
only receiving the clients that you want to work with. I kind of came to this because I'm a little bit old, a little bit older than most of the people we hang with, right? Um, I'm in my mid forties, early mid forties, but I've got kids that are in high school. I've had to be an adult for 20 and I don't know, 22, 23, 24 years. And what, where I kind of came to that was there's a lot of people on this planet and I don't want to have to put on a mask or try to be like this or try to fit in or any of that. And I think from my experience, the older that we get, the, the less we give a damn, right? And the bottom line is this, there's nobody on the planet that can be more you than you can be. And if you're doing anything other than, you know, if you're trying to be something different, better, faster, smarter, whatever it is, you're not being true to yourself. And you might be able to lie to other people for a period of time, but eventually you're going to get tired with who you are. And ultimately that was the place that I got to in my sales career. Um, and it just, it's not worth it. If I have to, if I have to try and remember how I am with certain people, I'm not being honest. I'm not being honest with myself. Forget about other people, forget about them for a minute, right? What does that do to you internally? Not, not being honest with who and how you are, right? We're all weird, right? So get over yourself and just be who you are and the right people for you just tend to gravitate towards that. It's a lot easier. Is that what you brand as relationship, the relationship economy, relationship marketing? What, will you elaborate a little bit on those two things? Sure. So I don't, I didn't come up with relationship economy. It's a term that I use and it actually stems from, I was a sales guy. I don't know how many people here. I don't know how much of my story you're going to tell on the intro of this, but I was a sales guy, sales guy for 15 years, like sales floor at a corporate company. And we were basically the boiler room, right? Sales, phone sales. And there's a lot of really good sales training in the last 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years. And it's all leveraging the psychological manipulation ability of other people to get them to make a decision. Well, with the advent of the internet and social media, right? How fast we can actually communicate with somebody and see through all the nonsense, it shortened up that sales cycle in a lot of ways. But what it really did was it, it allowed people to take the time to vet somebody out before they made a decision, right? Phone sales 20 years ago was amazing. 15 years ago, it was really, really good. 10 years ago, it was good. It's gotten harder and harder and harder because I don't know about you. I've got one of these stupid thousand dollar phones. I don't answer it. I don't have the volume up, right? Send me a text message. I'll get it when I check my phone. Well, businesses and people that you're trying to sell to, by and large, don't answer their phone. Relationship economy really has come out of, of that cycle, right? Sales was really prevalent, phone sales for a long time. And then we came up with fax machines and then email and all of that. People get less and less and less inclined to sit through a sales pitch. When you want to buy something, Cameron, what do you do? When you decide, I want to buy a new car, I want to buy a house, I want to buy shoes, I want to buy mentorship, I want to buy marketing or advertising, what do you do? Research, vet. Right. You go online and research. 
It's not somebody calling you up out of the blue or hitting you on social media and, oh my God, yeah, that's right. I've been thinking about that thing for months and I've never taken the time to look into it. I'm so glad you popped into my messenger. Here, let me buy that thing. It doesn't happen that way anymore, right? And we, people on both sides of the sales transaction, are less inclined to deal with nonsense. And essentially, because of social media and social selling, the relationship economy is, is replacing the salesmanship economy where the buyer really is the one that's kind of driving that horse, right? They're driving that car. It's not the salesperson any longer. If we can understand how people naturally build relationships, and it starts with who we are, what we like, what we do, how we act, what our personality and our characteristic traits are. If we can understand those and go, oh, all of these people in my marketplace, cool. I love them. They're good human beings, but they're not my people. I want to focus on people that like, I want to talk to not because they paid me. And that's the relationship economy. Interesting. So is your strategy still to build relationships with people, possibly create a community and then create an offer that drives them to get on the phone or a zoom call or how are you actually closing the sale? Once sure. someone says I've researched you, I want what you have. Sure. In Messenger, 92 out of 100 times, all the way up to 36K for the year. Um, I do it two ways. I've got a big community. I don't teach my people how to build a big community, right? This is a happy accident. And I've got basically a foot in two different pots. I've got a foot in, I've got an audience, right? I've done my thing. There's a bunch of people that follow us and we make offers to them for courses. And then eventually if it makes sense, coaching. Um, the other foot is intentional behind the scenes deal making with specific people. And it's not an audience, right? Um, they have the ability to see what I put out there on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever, but it's the connecting, right? And generally it's, um, I'm in this person's inner ish circle and also in this person's inner ish circle. And the person that I'm trying to have a conversation with is also in those two circles. And I call it social currency. It's how do you start a relationship? If you're at a Starbucks and you see somebody wearing the same exact kind of Italian handmade leather shoes that you wear that are totally rare, you're probably going to start a conversation with them. If you're wearing a jersey of a football player that you totally dig, right? You followed him from high school all the way through and somebody at a concert's wearing the same guy's jersey from like three teams ago, you can start a conversation. You got something legit in common, right? That's how relationships work. So there's a lot of people, and this is something that I need to kind of clarify. There's a lot of people that look at my world and go, oh yeah, but it's easy for you. You've got a big Facebook group. Actually, there's eight of them. And you've got this huge email list. Cool. I don't have that. Right. That's actually not what I teach people how to do. Right. I'm just also fairly adept at that piece of it, but it's picking who it is that you want to work with, identifying what characteristic traits you really dig in other people and what kind of pet peeves totally rub you the wrong way and getting clear on that. And then being who you are and expressing your personality just a little bit. Generally it's three to six pieces of content and connecting with people that kind of fit the mold of, of needing and wanting what you sell or what you offer. 
and then vetting them against your personality. That's all it is. I love that you clarified that because a lot of what we talk about here and with the people that we provide education to, oftentimes we go straight to build a community. You have the community, you have the numbers, you're more likely to close on whatever offer you're delivering to people. And that is not the route that you teach people to go, but you have had the opportunity to do that for yourself and your company. For those people who do have communities, how do you recommend they leverage those and create a culture like you have? Because even though it was a happy accident, you have, what is it, 15,000 people plus in there now that all did your message. They have bought into the brand that you've created and surely that has converted into sales for you. Quite a few as well. Um, here's, here's what I say, and and I should probably state this. So if I'm good at doing that, building audiences, why don't I teach that? There's a lot of other good, really cool people in our space that are probably better at it. Um, my take on it is not everybody can lead a big community. Not everybody can build a solid community. Not everybody's built for being on stage, right? That's my opinion. Um, I think that there are people that naturally have the ability to pull people to them and rally around an opinion. And here's what I would say to those of you that have a group or a big audience and are either looking to monetize it further or make it more of a a cult, like let's just cut the crap, right? If you're going to build an audience and you're going to be the leader and they're going to follow, right? There's not a whole lot of different words that make more sense to use than you're essentially building a culture, right? If we want to be a little PC about it. Um, People don't like to play in the middle, right? I'm either on this side or I'm on this side, right? Well, if I'm opinionated and I'm okay with people not liking me and I say, this is what I believe in and I plant my flag in that, And I speak to that and I explain why I believe in that and why I think that way. The people that go, oh my God, that makes so much sense, naturally go, I want to hear what more you have to say about that. That's all I've done, right? Here's my take on sales. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to suck, right? That's the basis of my message. But a lot of people, circle back to where we kind of started this, a lot of people have a hard time just speaking up and being themselves because if you do that, there's going to be people that don't like it and you got to be okay with that. I think that relationships are the most important thing on the planet. I think the one you have with yourself is the most important. I am totally good with people not liking me because if I'm honest, there are people I don't like and that's okay. It doesn't mean that they're bad people, but I think, I think most of us, myself included in in some cases were too sensitive for our own good. There's a lot of ways to skin a cat, right? Hopefully there's a lot of other people in your space, those of you that are listening to this. Hopefully there's a lot of other people serving clients in your space doing the exact same thing you are, because if not, you might not have a really decent market. And if that's the case, the only way to separate yourself is, hey, my name's Landon. I'm friggin' weird. I got a giant beard. I don't do the dress up thing, right? My spirit animal's a gorilla. I smoke pipe tobacco. I curse and say stupid things. And you might not like that. That's really not that difficult. For my own curiosity, 
we have a mutual friend and your business partner, John Davey. Last time I spoke to him, he said that you guys were kind of diverting from the strategy that you were using to grow your community, get sales, and you went back to a very basic way of attracting people and doing marketing. Mm-hmm. What did you guys change? Because I noticed that you guys used to have a bunch of education. You took people through what's called you know, a treasure hunt where they got value, 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 value. If you want this, maybe go ahead and buy our core offer. But you switch that to one video that says you're a good fit or you're not. If you are, continue through this customer research process. Mm-hmm. Why did you guys change it? We actually had several versions of the treasure hunt over two years. The first version worked organically. It just happened, right? The second version was really cool because people saw us take this thing that worked really well and totally hone it down and refine it. And it worked amazing. And a bunch of other group owners were like, yeah, this totally makes sense. The next version that we did was way more pointed and very specific for a specific person coming into our main world, right? Now, what we're talking about is ideal client avatars. In our main group, our big group, there's people from all walks of life. There are people that have a nine to five. There are people that do VA stuff. There are people that are real estate agents that have, you know, maybe a couple of deals under their belt. We've got brokers in real estate that have three or four or five offices with 20, 30, 40, 100 people. We've got business owners that do $5 million, $10 million a year. We've got people from one end of the spectrum to the other. And by by leveraging Facebook groups' abilities through a unit section to filter everybody into one thing, left a lot of people that were the right fit on either the beginner side, I need help with client acquisition, or the, I've totally got the client thing down. I want to learn about other business problems, like what happens now that I've got a full roster of clients. And the treasure hunt essentially was serving the people in the middle. I'm not big on serving people in the middle, right? I want to help people on one end or the other of the spectrum. So we changed that up partly because I'm doing a lot of these. We're getting back to the roots of the kind of marketing that you mentioned earlier, relationship marketing. You have me on here. You're introducing me to people that follow you guys and love you guys. Somebody, probably one out of 20, 30, 40 people is going to hear me talk about the thing I talk about and go, that's exactly what I'm looking for. That is relationship marketing. They're going to check out the show notes. They're going to follow through to my group. They're going to end up in my world and they're going to go, yep, I like it. Yep, I like it. Yep, I like it. Oh my God, this is for me. But if I send them down a path for a specific process and they end up in a place where, okay, cool, this is the thing I can buy, that doesn't serve my current ideal client avatar. That's for the people in the middle, right? As a bunch of the people in our world have gotten more sophisticated in how they operate their Facebook groups. It's gotten more honed and more honed and more honed. My thing is, is that main group that I've got originally started with one or two main ideal client avatars. Now there's like 40 or 50 in there. And there's a bunch of people that I can help. And there's a few people I really want to help. Does that answer that question? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. And it's something that 
you preach a lot and it has become a major talking point over the years, which is ideal client avatar, but you guys do it differently with the relationship aspect and kind of going back to, like you said, the roots of what you were doing previously. Yep. What are you guys, what else are you guys doing inside of your own company that's going to launch you into success in the next, next two years? We've adjusted who it is that we're working with, right? So we've up-leveled, therefore the problems that we're helping solve are up-leveled. We've been client acquisition for the whole time that you've known us. We've been client acquisition. That is been spoken about, right? That's been done. We've conquered that. Moving into, okay, cool, now I've got clients, I've got a business, I've got maybe two or three people on my team, and we're full up on work. I can't really grow the business unless I bring on a lot more people. How do I scale my business? How do I find profitability in my business? And from my own selfish perspective, how do I still have a life? Because I've done the work all the time thing, and that's really not what I'm about. I get it. There's a time and a place to hustle. Believe me, I've done that even in this business, but I didn't start this business so I could work 18 hours a day, seven days a week, right? What's that next shift? That's where we're going to, right? And that looks quite different. That looks like working with companies that are doing five, 10, $20 million a year. How do I get a sales force up to speed with how things work today without putting all my time into it. Leveraging the assets we've already created, right? Marketed and branded specific to individual industries to be a specific solution. That's where we're headed. Hmm. I love it. That's something that we have started focusing on as well. I mean, we have the six figure roadmap concept. We're looking to branch that off into individual industries with that education for sales and leadership and digital marketing, creating funnel, just like a whole bunch of things, which is what it sounds like you guys are starting to do as well. Mm -hmm. Love it. For the people listening who are trying to get to six figures and beyond. And they said, Landon, I'm coming to you for help to get to this benchmark. Where would you start? What would you tell them to do? I'd start with their ideal client avatar. And this is, this is the, the first brick period. If you understand how to choose who your ideal client avatar is and focus on them, everything beyond that gets really easy. The problem is, is most people don't know what that means. And this is where I say, I want you to get really, really selfish. I want you to list out all your pet peeves, all the shit people do that you can't stand. I want you to list out all of the qualities and in, in the people you respect and look up to that you admire, like your grandfather, the old dude that lives across the street, the lady in the next neighborhood who does the foster care, right? I want you to look at the people that you look up to and, and identify the qualities they have and exude and live their life by that you go, man, that's amazing. You're not going to pick those qualities that you don't internally identify with. And you're probably going to pick some pet peeves that maybe the reason you're irritated with people that do stuff like that, don't show up on time, blow you off. You have to chase for payments and stuff like that. That's generally because you really don't like it when you do stuff like that. 
right? So if you can identify people based on their global worldview and their values, and then their characteristic and personality traits, everything else happens naturally. Going through that process also allows you to take the thing that you do that you sell to other people and take all the crap chore work out of it and focus on a very specific aspect of it, which by and large, you can charge way more for. It's the stuff that you don't really consider work. It's more like play. And now you can connect with people that actually want need that and would be, you'd be totally good inviting them over to a barbecue with your spouse, your kids, and your two or three best friends, and maybe your grandmother. And this person would be a perfect addition to that. Now you've got a business that you're in love with that you make more money at, you work a little bit less, and you get to tell people no. That's where I start with people. You recently created a, a, a training for us that was about strategic partnerships and the difference between that and referral partners. Yep. That was a 45 minute video. Mm-hmm. Can you, in a short overview, talk about what the difference is and why people should use that in their business? Sure. So what most everybody thinks of when they get a referral from somebody else in, in their business, um, generally it's a two-way street, right? Referral business structured the traditional way is I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine, right? You send me a client and I'll give you a cut. You send me a client, I'll send you a client. That back and forth two-way street thing almost always results in somebody getting the short end of the stick. It's more important to you for them to send you a referral than it is for them to send you that referral. That's the traditional referral business model. It works. It's fantastic. It's great. If you're good enough and and your reputation's solid and people refer you clients, excellent. But rarely is it consistent and almost never are they perfect fit for you clients. Strategic partnerships is different because it's not a two-way street. It's more like an infinity circle, right? It goes in one direction. And the way it works is you know what you do really, really well. And you know exactly who the perfect fit for that thing is. If you can identify somebody that's already serving people that match that, description. And you can identify a problem they've got because their client base has the problem that you solve and they don't know how to solve it. They, the strategic partner, if you're able to identify that and have a conversation around that and say, if I could solve your client base's problem with this, does that help you with time or identity or money or energy or reputation? Generally, it's not going to be the money thing. Generally, it's going to be time or energy Occasionally, if you're high enough up in what you do, it's identity or reputation. You essentially become the behind the scenes secret weapon of that person and they send you their cream of the crop clients. And instead of you sending something back, what you're sending back is a client who loves them more, who's got more adoration for them, more respect and their problem solved, which means that they, your strategic partner, gets more time or more energy because their clients even better off now. It's a completely different process. Did that kind of summarize it? Yeah, absolutely. I love the comparison and differences between the two. It's fantastic. Landon, I want to ask you a few quick questions just to get to know you a little bit better, allow our audience to know you a little bit better. What is one non-negotiable habit you implement every single day? One non-negotiable habit. Um, I spend quality, quiet time with my dogs 
and I tell my woman, I love her and she's beautiful and amazing 30 times a day. Those are two non-negotiable things in my life. Um, there's a couple of others, but I don't know what the, we won't go into that. Um, I'm ornery, right? Like I, my take, my personality, um, I'm good natured and I'm kind of gruff on the outside to kind of protect my feelings. Right. I'm a sensitive individual. I'm, I'm emotional. I'm emotionally intelligent, but that also makes me soft and tender and, Oh, please don't step on my feelings. So my external, right. I'm ornery because of that. And that is my, that's my natural personality. It's a non-negotiable. I'm going to be who I am and say what I think. And if you don't like it, go away. Right. <laughs> Love that about you. What is one book you wish everyone in the world would read? Straight Line Leadership. It is currently my Bible. This is it. Straight Line Leadership. Love it. I've never heard of that book. Going to buy it right now. You should read it. <laughs> what do you like to spend your time and money on outside of business? Ooh, time and money outside of business. Um, I am really into food and sustainability, not like prepper, like weird psycho, the world's falling apart, but how can I leave this place better than I left it or right? So permaculture, gardening, um, I'm all about the outdoors, my money and my time spent on that stuff. Material stuff is cool, but I don't really care so much about that. I'm with you on that. Must be a Colorado thing. <laughs> it might be. It's in the water. <laughs> What has been the most valuable paid training or course you've ever taken? Wow. The most valuable paid training or course I've ever taken. It's uh, the mentorship that I'm in with Travis Sago. I'm in a monthly ongoing mentorship with Travis and have been for nine months um, in many ways, including money ROI. It's the most valuable thing I've ever done. Love it. Last question. What are three tools or pieces of software you cannot live without in your business? Zoom, my cell phone, and Gmail. Love it. Landon, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, sharing wisdom as always, being your authentic self as always. Really appreciate your time and you providing a bunch of value. For those who wish to hear more and possibly tune into a Friday Night Live where can they do so? Two places. One, our main Facebook group, which is getting clients without being sales. And you can just Google that or search it in Facebook. And then our podcast, salesgorillapodcast.com. Amazing guys, go check that out. I will put those in the show notes. I highly recommend both of them. It's content I've been consuming for a couple of years now, which has led me to having Landon on the show. And it's been amazing for myself and my business and many others as well. Landon, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, brother, man. You have a great day. You as well. Cheers, everyone. You've been listening to the Six Figure Roadmap. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. To learn more about our membership, visit us online at www.lvrg.it. 